Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Ask a Doula. My name is Suzanne O'Brien, and today we have a wonderful guest, Roger Moore. So I'm going to share with you a bit about Roger, and then we're going to get right into this great conversation. Roger Moore is a professional medical hypnotherapist certified by the International Certification Board of Clinical Hypnotherapists and by International Medical and Dental Hypnotherapy Association. He is also an expert in helping people to create their future to be greater than their past. He has a master's degree in marriage family therapy with training and experience in criminal justice, chemical dependency counseling, and is an end of life doula. Roger Moore is the medical hypnosis expert that is known worldwide for his work with autoimmune diseases cancer, dementia, Alzheimer's, end of life, chronic pain, weight loss, trauma, stress, and anxiety. He teaches self-hypnosis strategies that actually work and how you can do them at home. Becoming the greatest expression of you is his new book, and it shows you how you can use the wisdom of your past to write a new script for your life based on the current moment in your life so that you can create the future greater than your past. With this book, you'll discover that you can live your life joyfully and value each moment of your life as fully as possible. Welcome, Roger. Thank you, Suzanne. So I'm just totally honored to be here with you. Right back to you. So I want to share with our listeners a bit of our journey um, and how we met. And I have a photographic memory, which is, you know, just, it is what it awesome. is. And yeah, it, it came in really helpful in nursing school, by the way, because I could go I right there. But I remember getting an email from you and saying, would you like to host an end-of-life doula training for hypnotherapists or for my community in Seattle, Washington? And, you know, I always let the universe kind of direct the flow. If it's, got, if it's supposed to happen, it does. And the next thing right. you know, you know, I mean, it wasn't the next thing that we were in and it was wonderful. And I, I love in-person trainings and what a magical weekend that was. With it so was. Much, yeah, it just, they're transformative. So let's start with what brought you to want to ask, and then I want to go into your hypnotherapy, but what, what brought you to um, send me that email and request about the training? Well, it- through my work as working with people who are ill and, and often at end of life and people are dying of cancer and other illnesses, uh, I was just kind of pulling and reaching and at threads and working my way along trying to figure out how to best support these people and, and work with people at end of life. And I'd done a little bit of poking around at what was out there for end of life trainings and and my good friend and, and colleague, Kelly T. Woods, uh, who was also part of the, yes. the trio that put this on. And, and uh, uh, she saw something, I think it was on Facebook of yours. Mm-hmm. And she said, look at this and sent it to me. And next thing I, we're on the phone talking and then I'm sending you an email and, and then it all came together. So yeah, it's, uh, it's so beautiful. I mean, I think that what you just shared is that even as a therapist, we don't really have those tools necessarily. So end of life right now has, in my opinion, 
almost been completely removed from just our awareness as a society, as a medical profession, because I know that we're not given end of life training. And yet the irony is that every single one of us will be experiencing this, not just for those we love, but for ourselves. So the fact that we've removed it, and then of course I can talk about death being our greatest teacher about life. So it, it's, this right. full, it's this full spectrum. But I love that you reached out and I saw so many incredible aha moments and healing and transformations from that training that I still hold on to today. So that was wonderful. And I, and I want to emphasize what you just said, you know, you're working with people with serious illness. And then when they became that space of end of life, you weren't sure again, what tools exactly, or you knew there was more that you could use. So what I want to share as an end of life practitioner is that so much of the, I, I call it everyone's stuff bubbles up, right? At the end of yeah. life, here it all is. It's like a, a pot of boiling water that is now rapidly boiling for everybody, not just the person. And these things that we have, and everything is energy. So things that we have traumas and pain and regrets and whatever, it, all these little things that, and big things that we store, manifest and come out at the end, a lot of time presenting in what's called, you know, physical pain for the person, because that's where we have to. And, and for me as a nurse, I know very well that the body keeps the score, that energy and that traumas and things and, and our thoughts directly impact. Our body is saying, what's the message? And when your thoughts, and we're going to talk about hypnosis, um, are on a negative reel or an unconscious reel or the ego reel, your body's listening to that. Not only is your body, not only is your body listening to that, but you, the universe is listening to that. So the universe is saying, oh, you, you can't be this, you can't be that. Okay, we're going to make sure, because that's what you're asking. So, but let's talk about illness for a minute, because I love the fact that you've worked in all of these um, areas because we were affected physically by them and the impact that hypnosis and our thoughts have on that. So can you share? Well, very rarely does somebody ever come to me that is looking to be cured mm -hmm. of cancer or any autoimmune disease, Parkinson's or uh, Alzheimer's or dementia or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. They aren't really looking for a cure. They're looking at how to navigate their way through it and how to live better with it. Yeah. And so a lot of the work that, that uh, I do is, is teaching stress reduction techniques, mindfulness techniques, really focusing on hope and a brighter future, or at least making the most out of every moment that we have left. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how much not only mental, emotional and spiritual healing that occurs, but mm -hmm. often physical healing occurs. And they're doing far better than they were before we started our work together. That's, that's, that's right. So for me at the end of life where time is never on our side, I always say that when these things come up, because there's something that I describe the physical, so we're four bodies of energy, we're holistic beings. And as the physical body is declining at the end of life, the spiritual body is organically growing, right? And there is a certain point in the journey that people have what I call their spiritual eyes and spiritual wisdom, where they're able to look back at their life with a different lens, with a perspective that allows them to maybe approach periods of their life, things that have happened with a sense of security, with a different perspective. And forgiveness has always been the transformation and the key 
to that release of that block, that energy. And we see people do so much better every single day in their happiness, but also the body. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it amazes me also, or especially at first, I didn't understand that it's not okay for people who are at the nearing the end of their life with cancer. It's not okay for them to talk about death and dying with their families and friends. It's not okay to talk about the cancer because family and friends are saying, don't go there or no, you'll be okay. Or, you know, you're It's all going to be okay. It'll all work out, pray about it or whatever. And they're lonely and they're isolated and getting depressed because they have nobody to talk to. You know, yeah, Roger, it's so important that people hear what you just said, because one of the most important opportunities we have is in that that space at the end of life, because we're again, you're given that gift of the spiritual body, giving you some of support there. But what about clarity on life's journey? What about resolving certain things that we're holding on to forgiveness or saying even goodbye and I love you and thank you to people when we deny this conversation and the ability and um it just it does a disservice for absolutely everyone you, you mentioned forgiveness mm-hmm. and in office often it's, it's forgiveness of self oh yeah the guilt carrying the judgment on themselves that's one of the first places I want to focus is on self-forgiveness. That's right. And it's the hardest thing to do, by the way. It's much harder than giving up forgiveness to someone else. So literally unforgiveness is a medical diagnosis. Right. And, and I just want to share this for a minute. So in 2019, I was able to go and do 14 volunteer trainings all around Thailand. And it was absolutely incredible. But there was this one training that I did in a temple where end of life took place, right? So people would go there with serious illness to have their end of life. And they had um, what I kind of have defined in a four point way that they they would care in this, in this space. And I will tell you that I sat there in these group discussions and these wonderful people that were there said that it was, many of them said this was the happiest time of their whole entire life being in this community and space. Why? They had a four point. One was they took out you know, all the junk out of the diet and had a, a plant-based diet. So that was just one thing. Awesome. Number two, they did meditation and yoga. And number three, they did forgiveness. Mm. So they had a major for yourself so, and for others, but for yourself. And there was a ceremony that they would do where they would write it down and they would share it with the abbot or the abbot's next trusted person. And they would burn whatever it was. And I will tell you the levity. I mean, just the... And I always will say when I'm working with people at the end of life, when they've had these energetic shifts of forgiveness, I say, why didn't that happen 20, 30 years ago? Yeah. Because it's like the chains that bind you. Yeah. And we, we are the ones that have the lock and the key. We're the only right. ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think from your perspective, and I want to talk about hypnosis for a minute, understanding. And I've often, you know, I think from when I was little, I questioned, okay, what is this whole life's journey? Many of us us probably do, but I really was like looking at it from, okay, what's going on, you know, here. And I think that when you work with people, the end of life, there's something that I call the universal language of death. And it struck me from a very early stage in my hospice nursing is that I would work with people from all different cultures and backgrounds. 
And the same things would be said at the very end, the same themes, meaning there's, we're all connected, that there's no judgment. And I think this is one of the, the tools that I use with my patients to share with them that allows them to step into self-forgiveness. Because if there's no judgment in this bigger consciousness, now we're all, we're all responsible for our actions. That's, it's part of it, a choice. But if there's no condemning and judgment, and, it, and I teach we shouldn't judge each other, we're right. all accountable for actions, but I don't have the right to judge you. You're on your journey. I don't have the right to judge. It allows them to step into a space of forgiveness when they might not have been able to do that. So again, these universal themes, listen, if I'm working in Zimbabwe and they're telling me the same things that in Thailand and in, in you know, mansions in Millbrook or wherever, we're fools if we don't listen to that. Exactly. And that this is the real deal. And when I talk about death being our greatest teacher, that's exactly what I'm saying. So if we brought back the universal laws and truths, and they're very basic, presence, gratitude, compassion, kindness, uh, think of what our world would be like. And it will be. We're, we're going to get there. <laughs> I love your optimism. I do. I have it. I do have it. And I, and I, I do feel it. And I know, and cause you know what growth is painful and we're obviously going through and have been through one of the most painful experiences on so many levels, but growth is painful. And I know that there's so many good people because I work with them every single day. Right. So much love in this movement. And, you know, I, again, when the world is so challenging that end of life movement, bringing back this global family holistically forgiveness presence is one of the most exciting things that's happening today. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So let's talk about hypnosis because I absolutely love it. And I've always been intrigued by it because I do absolutely believe again, that your thoughts create that frequency, that energy. And, and I know it because yeah. So one of the things I teach in our classes now is that what I've come to understand is that there's two directionals that we all have. And this is, I think what's super confusing, but the awareness of it changes everything or it did for me, at least you have the analytical ego programmed part of us, right? So we're four right. bodies of energy. And that is always going to be a result of what your environment is, what your circumstances are. And so that's where I think when we look at the world and everyone is fighting saying, I'm right. No, I'm right. No, I'm right. They really do think they're right because that's what they have been exposed to. So that's why they're so adamant about it. But it's such a little box because it's the programmed. It's like your internal Google, whatever's put in is going to give you the output. Right. And then there's the heart guidance. There's the spiritual body of wisdom. And again, when I work with people at the end of life and they, I literally see the ego dissolve and I see that their spiritual body and they have all this incredible knowledge, wisdom, love. We have access to both of those right now, but it's a practice. And it's also, I feel heavy in your brain waves and meditation and self and self, how you affirm or, you know, not affirm your journey every single day. So let's talk about hypnosis. If you wouldn't, if you can explain it in layman's terms, we can go from there. Well, let's begin with just the, from my perspective, what I tell all my clients about how I teach all my students is we're always in a hypnotic trance. We're never not. Yeah. You and I have been in this conversational trance. Listeners are in a listening trance. Yeah. And, you know, when we're out here freaking out and I'm worried about this and what about that and what was me at all full and 
oh, my body hurts and whatever else might be going on, we're in an anxiety, stress, pain, trance of some form, okay? Yeah, yeah. And, and what hypnosis really is, is learning to take control of the trance that you're in. Instead of living in a fear trance and anxiety trance, it's about being back in here in your body, yeah. aware of feet and floor, butt in the chair, aware of breath and breathing, being in this moment, because in spite of anything else that's going on, any illness, any world troubles, mm -hmm. pandemics or whatever, right now in this moment, yeah. we're okay. And all we have is this one moment. That's right, that's right. And when, when people can access and, and be in this moment, then yeah, there's challenges and there's stressors. You know, all the hypnosis and mindfulness and stress reduction techniques in the world will not slow the earth's resolution, revolution. It won't stop stressors from coming at us, but we can handle the stressors when we're calm and relaxed. Yes. We're calm, relaxed, and very energized and very focused. That's right. And it's teaching people how to be in this moment. Yes. And, and I teach them the, the self-hypnosis tools that, so that they can reduce the level of pain that they might be experiencing and focus on comfort mm -hmm. and, or even forget about the discomfort. And, and they think it's impossible. And then we start talking about their favorite TV show or their movie. That's and right. They forget about it. That's right. All of a sudden, it's not so painful. Is what happened to it, <laughs> right? Exactly, and learning how to stay in that place. Of course. So I want to highlight something you said because I think it's so important for people to really, really take this in. Is that we're always in a hypnotic space. So when we are not aware, and and again, we're living in a very challenging time, and we're overstimulated every single direction when you have media on, even in the background, when you're hearing that negative, that fear-based, that it's going in, your cells are listening, whether you're you know, consciously aware of it or not. And, so, and even the way we talk and even you know, social media, there's so much anger and there's so much negativity that if you don't take charge of what you allow in, you're going to definitely, your, your body's gonna be in a state of stress. And that's, I think we're all suffering from, you know, and stress home runs. And just like what you said, so important that when we can go in a place of being calm and safe and breathe and the techniques of hypnosis, it literally releases those healthy, positive chemicals. The same is opposite. If you're not in control of it and you're bombarded, your stress hormones are kicking out and kicking out and kicking out inflammation, damaging to the body systems, restless, you know, the whole gamut. Right. So, so these techniques are really vital for us to incorporate into, to know about, and then to do some practice uh, daily with them. And, you know, when people are living in fight and flight, mm -hmm. you know, that adrenaline's pumping, but the problem is, you know, when we used to be chased by tigers, we outran the tiger mm -hmm. to burn up the cortisol, or if the tiger ate us, it wasn't an issue, Present. but today people are being chased by tigers in their mind. Yeah. Yeah, but sitting at the keyboard, driving down the road, sitting there right. their lounger with the, the TV remote, they're not running. That's right. And they're just exasperating the, the chances for illness and disease or the illnesses that they have. And just a not a joyful way to live, you know, and it, so 
I think that's really important for people to hear that, you know, it's almost that you have to, so I don't want to relay it to football. I'm not a, I'm not a big football person, but you know, you play offense and you play defense. And I think in the world today, we have to definitely say, okay, what techniques can I do every single day? And they don't have to be long or hard to settle my nervous system, to shut things off, go for a walk in nature, because mother nature, and that's another thing, being aware of, you know, that we're connected with the planet. I mean, what a healing, amazing aspect. Look at that sky and just in spell wonder, you know, it just brings you into that high flow uh, and your body's happy with that. It feels that. Mm. So many people uh, in recent months have been contacting me with, you know, their anxiety levels going through the roof. Absolutely. And much of it, uh, the common thread through through much of it has been sitting for hours through the pandemic in front of the TV, listening to the news cycle over and over and over every 15 minutes, hearing the doom and gloom. That's right. And wondering why they're living like this. And, And with some folks, we've pushed on contracts of, of, okay, you get 10 minutes of news in the morning and 10 minutes at the evening. And then that's it. That's it. You know, Roger, this is so important. It's so funny to me. So I get it and I understand. And, and, and there's no judgment here. This has been such a challenging time for us. Right. And we were locked in our homes and I was in New York city when the pandemic hit literally got home from Denver lockdown. And so, you know, all of us, I mean, you've never seen a city so quiet and lots were going on. And I remember at one point just saying like, no, I'm not going to listen to the news and the, the whole thing. And I'll say, you know, if something is that important, they'll let me know, right? Because the numbers, and I remember my being out walking my dog and, and my neighbor coming down, he goes, is it true what they're saying? And I was like, what are they saying? Because I was so, I was just, I wanted to be, I needed to be in my own space of just this moment, whatever that could be for me, because it was so intense. And I think, again, we're the only ones in control of what we let in and what we don't. And so just knowing people, and that's empowering, I think, to let people know um, that, and then they have to practice it. That, and then also recognizing what they do have control of. That's right, that's right. So much of what we hear in the news, we have no control over. That's right. Other than how we respond. That's right. Not if you ever saw uh, the Tom Hanks movie, Bridge of Spies. No. He's an attorney representing um, a Russian spy that's going to be traded for Gary Powers. And, and they formed a, a friendship. And, and um, Hanks would ask the, the, the spy, you're telling him what's going on. And, and, and he may be sent back to Russia and probably killed. And, and things weren't going well. And, and several times Hanks said, Doesn't that, aren't you worried about that? And, and the guy who played the spy would just look at him and so matter-of-factly say, would it help? Yes. yes. And yes. I, I now ask many of my clients, does this help? That's right. Being anxious and scared and worrying about this and what about that, does it help? That's right. No? It doesn't. Right. You know, I... I, I read a statistic somewhere where it said about 90% of the things that we worry about never come to fruition. What a waste of energy that is. I know. And I, and you know, when you're sitting there worrying and my mother's a worrier and you know, there's lots of things for that, but I thought how awful that every day she's literally looking for things to worry about and to say, what if this happens? 
but what if it doesn't mom? And the chances of it, like you're sitting there, oh, you know, we're, so, you know, that's very important for people to hear. And again, would it help? And no. And so what can bring me joy in this moment? Yes. Going for me, it's going in nature, it's music, it's my dog, it's, you know, having a conversation with somebody. Every single day, I've tried to now live like one lifetime and set an intention for that morning of, you know, wanting to be present, wanting to be a service, wanting to be, you know, just in that day moment, because one day, of course, it will be. And if the last, and when that does come, I want to be able to have not said I didn't do and I, and I wasn't just doing the best that I can. So Roger, let's talk about the book. Please tell me what was your passion and purpose for writing this book? Well, been doing counseling in one form or another for getting close to 50 years now. And um, a, a thread, a theme that I just saw developing mm-hmm. over the years and in, in what, I, what I was picking up on hearing from, from clients was that they were living in the past. Yep. Mm-hmm. This happened to me. I know I certainly did. Yep. Um, oh, me too. Yeah. You know, it was, I can't do this because of that. That's or right. I'm not good enough, or I'm That's too, right. too tall, too young, too short, or whatever. And that was my story. And I was going to stick by it. And yep. I couldn't do this because of that. Yep. And that was my belief system. And, and I got to own it. And I was proud of it and the, the whole bit. But the reality is, yes, those things happened 50, 60 plus years ago. But again, right now in this moment, feet and floor, butt in the chair, breathing, breathing out. They're not happening except for the stories, the movies, the tapes that I run up here. It's not happening. That's right. That's right. And then from that point of like, oh, I'm making all that old stuff up. It happened, but it's not happening now. I'm, I'm the one running the movie. Well, let's stop reading from the old script yep. from when I was five. Yep. And I get to write a whole new story based on this moment going forward. Absolutely. And create it better than the past. The past is wisdom. I can learn from yes. it. A lot I don't want to repeat. Yes. Okay. Yes. But I can make my next moment, my next breath, my next day, my next right. year better than past. Whatever you want it to be. And so that was from that concept and working with people over Beautiful. the years and developing tools and techniques of helping them even at the end of life. Yes that they can find joy in this moment. That's right. And that the next breaths can be more joyful than the past. And, and I teach people that in the morning, you know, they can be standing there meditating, uh, brushing their teeth. Meditation could look like lotus position for 30 minutes, but yep. I'm, I'm pretty practical. Teeth brushing. That's right. Can be an awesome meditation. Face washing. Can That's be an right. Awesome meditation. So instead of focusing on, oh, I got to get this done, I got to get that done, my body hurts, yeah. Yeah. Why not focus on being my best self? And why not focus, bring to mind the happiest, most joyful times in my life and memorize that feeling? That's right. Instead of memorizing the stress and fear and anxiety and everything else. And, right. and to live in that place of joy. That's right. That's right. And when we do that, then, then our, our, the cells in our body literally change. They do. And, and physical tensions relax. 
Yeah, so good. I love that so much because when I work at end of life, I see so much suffering for the most part right now on this emotional level because we're denying death and it shows up and it's very late and all this stuff, we don't have the opportunity. And we learn so much in that space about like what you're saying. And when I see these healing moments and these magical moments about releasing energy and about making sense of the things that have gone um, in our lives, traumas or whatever it would be, relationships that you just were angry about or resentful or and mis mistakes that you've made, because I don't believe there's any mistakes. When you see people connect the dots, so there's something at the end of life, not everyone has this. I've worked with so many people that there is this common theme and it's so beautiful with that spiritual support and awareness. They, they say this, I get it now. I yes. know why that happened. So what I want to even do is take this one step forward. Your past created you right now. Yep. Be, with all its beauty and worth and wisdom, to be whatever you want. And I will also say that the most challenging things we've gone through are our greatest gifts as well, or can be. And I know they're not easy and I know they're painful, but if we are able to use them for the gift that's within that space, you, your whole life is, your perception is complete. Right. Yeah. So it's just a choice, right? You yes. know, this morning when I was getting ready for our interview and I was so excited, I said, you know, let's, let's think this, if, if you have, and everyone has it. So I also want people to understand that when you look at somebody, please never assume that you know their story. If they look like they have everything, please don't assume that that is actually the way it is. So we want to not do that with people. We don't, don't want to judge people. But I said, you know, if this, if this trauma happened to you, today, right now, like you say, brushing your teeth, and I think I was actually, <laughs> um, you have a choice of is that going to define me in my shackles and stop me? And am I going to be angry right. with that? Or am I going to release that and allow my life to be everything and anything that I want it to be? And I'm not saying this is easy, but it's not that hard either. If you right. know about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to choose to let it, to learn from it, let it go and just be of service. And, and well, yeah, absolutely of service and learn how to, to use those thoughts, those old emotions as wake up calls. Exactly. Of, oh, Thank you. Yes. I don't have to be that way anymore. I can choose different. One of, the, one of my old stories was I'm not good enough. No matter how high I jumped, it was never enough. Yes. And almost every day, actually, every day, I still hear I'm not good enough. Yeah. But where I used to shackle me. Yep. Now it's, oh, thank you. It's the alarm clock going off. Show up and be enough. Be my best. That's right. That's right. And what I teach in that same whole thought pattern is that the ego is always there to make you feel separate, make you feel not good enough, because that's how it survives. Right. And so when people and, it, and by the way, when people don't understand that there's the ego and the heart directional, the ego is is ruling the roost 95 percent of the time. So that negative reel to keep you. And when that does come up, I teach my this Ray technique, which is recognize, acknowledge and integrate. Just like you said, you hear that and you're like, oh, thank, thank you very much, but you don't need to be afraid anymore. I've got this now. We're to, let's move forward together. And it kind of just diffuses the whole thing. Yeah. And what she just described is, I, I talk about that when our conscious mind is out of rapport with our unconscious mind, we're in trouble. 
And That's with right. hypnosis, the goal is to get rapport, to get all parts of ourselves, the heart, the ego, right. working together as a team members. It's not, not heart instead of ego. It's yeah. together. Integration. I love it. Well, I have to tell you that it is a moment that we are shifting and healing and you again are putting out a tool that can help so many people. So can you please tell us where we can get your book and what do you expect in it? Yeah, it's, hold it up. Over here, it's it's Great. on amazon.com. I love that. Okay. And it truly is about discovering who, who is your best self? Who are you at your best self? Not what you do. Yeah. But what is it about your being? And, and the example that I use is we used to, we had a yellow lab that was pure white. Her name was Luna. She was our heart dog, died a year ago. Yeah. And no matter what I did, in her eyes, I could do no wrong. That's right. Yeah. I could step back and step on her and she'd jump and yip a second and she'd be right there. Just <laughs> yeah. And no matter what I did, walked on more. And so my morning prayer, my morning meditation as I'm brushing my teeth is let me be as good as Luna thinks I am. Okay, if I could be the guy she thinks I am, I'm doing pretty darn good, okay? I love that. And I still have a pulse, I haven't achieved that yet, but it all, it, and throughout the day that question comes into my mind when I'm really frustrated or upset about something. Yeah. Am I being my best self right now? Yeah. That gives me that pause of, yeah. Okay. I'm not being my best self. Let's switch that. Still deal with the issue. That doesn't mean I'm going to let it go necessarily, but let's find a way to resolve it. That's right. And move forward. So it's about discovering who your best self is. It's about finding that, that joy. What, what gives you joy? What sparks that, that heart? That's right. And to memorize that feeling because yeah. pretty much everybody's hardwired yes. pain and suffering. And suffering's optional. Yeah. You can have physical pain without the suffering. Yeah. And yeah. We stop the, the emotional suffering. It's Absolutely. amazing how much less pain someone that's experiences. That's that's absolutely right. Um, so so beautiful. Uh, at the end of life, you know, I teach my doulas that if there's pain. It could very well be emotional pain that is manifesting as pain and we have because this is the moment so look for those tools so um your book is so beautiful and so needed and helpful and i and i thank you and i also just i often think okay this life's journey i think it's about us birthing the true self that we are so it's our journey to get there and you just said it be the be that person that Luna thinks I am, but you already are. You just have to birth it and yes. allow it. But dogs and you know children, they show us unconditional love, presence, right. non-judgment. Gosh, they're the Zen masters. Yep. So really beautiful. I love your book. I well, also want to take one of your classes. I think it's so needed and I cannot wait for other people to take it, to read it and to let us know what they think. So Roger Moore, thank you so much. Once again, where can people get the book? Amazon.com. Love it. We'll put everything in the show notes. Okay. Thank you so much for being on this episode of Ask a Doula Giver. Again, Roger Moore, thank you so much for all. Thank the you, Suzanne. Very much appreciated. Thank you.
All right, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Suzanne O'Brien, and I will see you in the next episode. Thanks, everybody.